Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, I am your host for today's show, Aaron Richards, and we've got a special treat today. So you're used to hanging out with Brad and Dan and myself. Uh, we've got a special co-host today for today's show, Christopher Finneman. Welcome welcome, Chris to the show. <laughs> Hello, Aaron. It's, it's an honor to be so here. So Chris is not a stranger. He's, he's been on the show a handful of times. If you're, if you're familiar with our show, um, you may have heard him here. Chris has worked with us. Uh, this is, Chris, is this your... Three and a half or four on for paper. You? I've been with Damascus for three years, okay. but like really four years. <laughs> he was kind of a, it's kind of a vagabond. Uh, yeah. During that during that zero year, um, it's it's been such an honor to uh, to serve with Chris, and and he's been a part of our national team this year, and uh, the the work of the national team has has really been to advance the mis- the mission and the message of Damascus around the country, mm-hmm. particularly to uh, parishes, dioceses, and geographical locations where we have a strong contingent of support during the summer, yep. you know, campers who come and participate, but then uh, that they are hundreds or thousands of miles away from <laughs> Damascus, so they yep. don't get to see us throughout the year. So we go to them. Um I, I'm I'm excited for today's show. Uh, I, I actually so here here's a here's a little insight into the mind of the hosts of Beyond Damascus. We were planning a different show today, and then Christopher walked up into the studio, <laughs> and as I asked him, "Hey, do you want to be on the show?" and he said, "Yes." Yep. <laughs> so we're shooting from the hip today, and I'm really Good. excited. Why? Because I I know that my brother is a a wealth of access to the life in the Holy Spirit, and <laughs> I think that uh, uh, yeah, as 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 I was prepping my my notes for today's show, the Lord was really just insistent that this is a good route to go. So we're yeah. going to, we're going to do it. So friends, welcome to, uh, <laughs> welcome to beyond Damascus. Uh, if once again, if you're, if you're, if you're new to the show, if you haven't been around with us, or even if you have, we want to thank, um, St. Gabriel radio and EWTN radio, uh, beyond Damascus is a co-production of EWTN and St. Gabriel radio. And this show is carried across the EWTN global Catholic radio network. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to open the show in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. We want to focus our hearts and our lives around you. Um, God, thank you for the unique call to mission that you've placed in every one of our hearts. Thank you for not having just one model that we need to fall into. uh, But thank you for meeting us where we are and for calling us the lives poured out. God, every single one of us is called as Christians to live as missionaries in the world. And I pray that today, through the witness of Christopher, through the words that you will speak in today's show, God, that you will continue to uh, to convict our hearts, to call us deeper. And God, um, uh, uh, as you speak and as you call us, I pray always that you would give us the courage to hear and respond. So today, even as we open today's show, I pray that you would move in the hearts of your listeners and uh, that you would pour out that gift of the Holy Spirit of courage that when we hear your word, that we would be quick to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Christopher, Amen. welcome back to Damascus. Man, oh, thank you so how much. Long have you, how long have you been on the road? 
since October. <laughs> since October, off and on. Yeah, you've shown your on. face here a couple times, mm-hmm. but it's been a it's been a packed year for you guys. Yeah, it has. Navigating COVID, um, <laughs> waiting for for schedules and routines that are frequently changed in yeah. the midst of in the midst of execution and. Uh, it's it's good to have you home now as we're we're closing out the year. Well, thank you. Yes, it feels like coming home. It's always such a joy, always welcomed with joy and like love here. So it's 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 really warming to the heart. Yeah. Uh, so Brad and I were actually discussing just yesterday um, this idea of of this show of Beyond Damascus as sort of a um, I don't know, an invitation to consideration for how it is that we can all, as Christians, live out in whatever the life state that we're in, in whatever the environment or the circumstance or the situation that we're in, that consistent call to understanding what it means to be a missionary. You know, one of the things that we say on the show is that every one of us is called to a life of full-time mission. And Oftentimes when we hear those words, we, we think to ourselves, okay, that's, you know, that's for priests or that's for the DRE at the parish or that's for the youth minister um, or that's for the Damascus missionary, right? But what, what, what we're inviting our audience into, what we're inviting you into, our listeners, is uh, a greater understanding of the reality that um, our job as missionaries is not to do something so that you don't have to do that thing, yeah. right? It's it's to it's to pave the way, it's to witness, it's to be the forerunner. Um, why? Because uh, because we we want to model what it what it means to hear and to respond. Mm-hmm. And uh, and here at Damascus, so once again by means of introduction, uh, my name is Aaron Richards. I'm, I'm I'm one of the executive directors here. And Damascus in Columbus in Ohio is a is a place where. Uh, we have a we have a missionary community, a young adult missionary community that has responded to this call to give our lives poured out in in mission and and the mission that that god 's doing here is awakening empowering and equipping generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. We do that through world class programs and through an environment of encounter that we we are working hard to build households to build communities to build um, youth groups to build uh, a campus here, a 471 acre campus where, where we are, uh, we call down heaven. Right. And that's sort of been the mission of the, of the national team this year has been to take that environment on the road. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Christopher, welcome welcome home <laughs> thank you G- give us a little summary a little quick insight into into sort of your understanding of that mission this year mm-hmm. and what 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 the lord has been speaking to you in that regard yeah i think it's super funny because the last time i was on here was also kind of like last minute i think you reached out to the national team and yeah. was like hey you're you happen to be in the same building we usually, wanna- <laughs> we usually we usually plan the show <laughs> um but i as you were talking i just felt like it was important to harken back to something I said on that show earlier this year that um, the Damascus national team is a new expression of the charism of Damascus. Amen. It's, it's, it's so exciting. It was so exciting to be a part of it this year. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of hard to nail it down, but it's, it's even before the show, um, you and I, Aaron, were talking about um, how there's something like a spirit of 
John the Baptist kind of in this ministry, that we are 40-something minutes outside of the city of Columbus, and John was outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, he called people out. But it was, it was this year, the Damascus national team was like, we could be the voice kind of traveling the country, the voice out in the wilderness traveling the country. Um, and what it what it was, was like what you were saying, in, like empowering the bride of Christ. So in the midst of 2020 and 2021, um, the circumstances um, were really, really hard and God did not cause them. But what, what this year, 2020 and 2021 was, was an opportunity for the lady to take initiative and to like not rely on missionaries or people in leadership or things like that to do um, what they are called to do. And so we traveled the, the country, traveled the states, and literally just partnered with moms at parishes and dads at parishes mm-hmm. and youth ministers at parishes, like, and random people all across the country that were handed a slew of really odd circumstances and sometimes a budget and sometimes no budget and a plan and sometimes no plan and said, we just want revival in our parish. We just want revival. And so we traveled the country, met in homes and had worship nights. At parishes, we had we, we ran youth group nights to whatever degree was possible in that diocese at the time, yeah. and um, it was just the whole year. And this word is so overused; it's so overused, but it was just so organic. <laughs> it really was, and it's so cringy, so cringy. But it was organic evangelization. It felt I got a little taste this year of Acts of the Apostles' life, where it was like me, four other twenty somethings, and we say, "What do we have? We have the equipping, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit." We have the gospel. We have a 2001 Honda Odyssey. We're going to go out there and see what happens. And we did it. And <laughs> it was it was crazy. We, we were in Michigan, Minnesota, Indiana, Georgia, um, Iowa. We did some things. Um, we did one thing in Cleveland. Um, and so it's, it's it, maybe you're listening to this right now and you're still like, I still don't have really a good idea of what they did this year. And neither do I. But you know what? Like, <laughs> I know that. For 2,000 years, the standard of Christianity was judged by the fruit. And right now, we've seen a lot of really, really good fruit in parishes and Catholic schools and, and in Catholic families yeah. across the country. So, so preview, uh, in the second segment, we're going to talk about a lot of the fruit that you experienced on the road <laughs> this year. So um, that's <laughs> Thank awesome. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to so grab t- two pieces here. Number one, I just love the witness, of the, your witness, and the witness of the national team in um, the inspiring work of taking a step out and doing something new. Um, so I, I want to I hit this in, from two different perspectives. Once again, kind of my, my goal for, for today's show, again, is to inspire us as a, as a Christian, as a Catholic audience, to, to realize that the, there's a call in your life. Right there's a call in your life, and you've got to respond. Why? Because this is the show where encounter meets mission. I, I, I believe it, and the more I say it, the more I come to believe it. That you can't have a relationship with Jesus outside of saying yes to mission. Likewise, if you're trying to say yes to mission, um, you can't do that outside of relationship with Jesus. At least you can't do it effectively. And uh, the the way that we respond. So, Chris, Chris. Was able to witness to the specific response of getting in a van and, and traveling and being a support to parishes and to families. And if that particular work is inspiring to you, amen. Listen, listen mm-hmm. in close. Uh, I also want to identify that there, there was also a, a particular 
uh, a risk that Damascus took this year in feeling a burden on our hearts as an organization, just as saying, hey, we know there's something that we need to do and we don't quite know what it is yet. We don't quite have a solid business structure in mind for it yet. But when God places a, a longing on your heart, you've got to say go, right? So uh, I, I want to I draw kind of like a, a general picture of response and a specific picture of response. Yeah. Listeners, if you feel like it's time to get in a van and go travel the country, let's do it, friends. Uh, it, and listeners, if, if you feel like you're in a place where you have you felt God placing a, a call wow. on your heart for more, right, for something different, and, and maybe there's been some hesitation because you don't quite know how it looks yet, uh, I, I want I want to witness that we don't have we don't have the luxury of sitting back and um, getting our ducks in a row. Well, before we say yes to the call of the gospel, and uh, I think that the team in general has been a witness to that this year, mm. and the fruit that it's born. Um, it it was it was really funny. We we don't we don't often jump into new programmatic endeavors here at Damascus without a without a a solid, well thought out, tested strategy. And this was one of those times where God really was in, indicating to us, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you the way as you start walking. And um, man, we, we've got some fun ideas for next year and they've come as a fruit of, of all this, right? Yeah. So that's awesome. Did we have, yeah, yeah, great. We're, we're going to take a break and <laughs> we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to witness to uh, a lot of the, just some of the stories that Christopher experienced on the road today. And um, friends, more than a worker, Christopher's a, a close friend. And I, I, I think it'd be really valuable just to kind of hear what the words that God's been speaking on your heart as a witness to this a little, uh, little community as well. So friends, you're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thank you for joining us today. And we're going to catch you right after this short break. He is honored by the church as one of the greatest enemies of clergy sexual abuse. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. In his time, St. Peter Damien fought against the many vices of contemporary clergy, especially sexual abuses among the clergy. In 1051, he wrote the Book of Gomorrah that is still considered essential reading for fighting abuse today. He died in 1072. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Hi, this is Trent Horn from Catholic Answers, and a lot of people ask me, how do you pray? I like the ACTS formula, A-C-T-S. First, we adore God, realize He's God, we are not. We're contrite, we ask Him to forgive us of our sins. We're thankful, we thank Him for the blessings and trials He's given us. And then we make supplications and ask Him for help in our own lives, doing all of this so we can grow closer to Him and spend eternity with Him. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and we are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're so blessed by our radio partners. Uh, I'm Aaron Richards. I'm one of the hosts here on Beyond Damascus, and I'm joined here in studio in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio. I didn't have a chance to to say that, as I do every show, um, by my friend and brother in Christ, Christopher Finneman. And uh, 
if you didn't catch the intro to this show, check it out. You can find Beyond Damascus wherever podcasts can be downloaded. So if you're if you're here in this show, um, shoot, the radio station would probably be sad if I told you to turn off your radio and pull up your podcast. But you can you can figure out your own life, friends. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna jump right in, man. Um, Christopher's here. He's a he's a a member of our national team uh, here at Damascus. And as we're winding down this ministry year in springtime, getting ready for an amazing summer. Uh, I, I was, I was hoping Christopher could kind of summarize what this year has been like and, um, give some testimony to some of the amazing, mm. incredible experiences you guys have had on the road. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would just love to share, I guess, just some stories, uh, cause it's kind of hard to love articulate that. what first one is just like super brief. It's just a kind of a testimony that people are, this is going to sound kind of cheesy. People are listening to this podcast. We showed up in Iowa, and me and the two other guys on the on the team show up to this lady's host home, uh, the, one of our host homes, and she opens the door. She knows nothing about Damascus. She, uh-huh. knows, she knows nothing about who she – she was just contacted kind of, I, I think, by a DRE and was like, hey, will you take in three guys this week? And That's she's like, yeah. awesome. We open the door, and she – we introduce ourselves, and she goes, oh, like – like the podcast, like Damascus, <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we were like, yeah. Wait, wait on. You don't know anything about her. You just listen to the podcast, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I love it. That's and amazing. We were like, oh, okay, sweet. So then we you sat mean down. you mean the hundreds of hours that we've poured into this podcast are worth it? <laughs> like, so she kind of was under the impression that like this was our main thing. Like the podcast is our main thing. That is the best, which is crazy. So um, we, we love you if, if you, you're still listening. <laughs> we love you. And you're awesome. Iowa City is amazing. Thank you for your host, for your hospitality. Um, so that's just cool to see the reach of our ministry. Um, and another one, I guess one of my favorite stories from this year was from our time in Michigan. Yeah. It was just kind of, it captured the raw power of the gospel and just how simple ministry can really be. When when did Michigan happen in the, in the schedule for this year? October. October okay. of 2020. Um, we were there and... <laughs> I was under the impression, maybe the rest of my team kind of knew what was going on, but I was under the impression that this evening was going to be just a kind of simple meal with the host family. So we show up to this host family. They kind of live out um, out of the city. And we pull up. There's cars parked on the lawn. The whole, like, it was an event. There was multiple families at this home. So, so beautiful. Um, and we get in there. It was so, it was so beautiful to see people gathering. People have just have been wanting to gather for so long now. And we get in there and... <laughs> and, and we barely start digging into the food and uh the father of the home was like so we're gonna have like a worship night like after the meal right and i was like i guess so let's do it come on so i i grabbed the guitar after dinner oh my gosh that's awesome and <laughs> it was so good and something really even special just before i even continue is that this was already going to be special i knew because up until this point i've only really seen um a lot of the ministry that I've been a part of with Damascus is like, if we're working with adults, like it's all adults or if we're working with high school students, it's all high mm-hmm, school students. Mm-hmm. But this particular night, it was like high school students and parents in the same room. And I've never seen that dynamic. Yeah. Um, cause a, a lot of the times if we're being honest, like the high schoolers are hesitant to kind of jump into something with mom and dad watching like uh-huh. some yards away. But I was like, all right, this is what's happening. So let's do it. So we just kind of, we open and worship and it was so powerful already. It was, this dad has like 
a couple dozen instruments in his basement. So, I mean, we had someone on piano. We had a cajon. We had multiple guitars. I think there was three guitars playing. And um, the worship was so pure. There was no there was no song sheets. There wasn't a projector. It was, we're going to worship, and we don't know what's going to happen. So halfway through worship, I felt it really on my heart to um, simply present the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't overcomplicate the programming. We didn't do anything special. This is special, but we we presented the gospel. And to my shock, um, a lot of the students responded as if they had not heard it that way before. It was in a fresh mm-hmm. way, or maybe they hadn't heard it before at all. And um, that night, a, a handful, I would say about 10 high school students, gave their life to Jesus because of the presentation of the gospel. Wow. Um, we worshiped a little bit more after that. And right after that, I, I was like, I think we should just do the full Monty thing. Like, if we're going to... Or if we're going to present the gospel and these kids are going to give their life, we should pray for an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So after that, we prayed for the Holy Spirit to come and to um, capture their hearts and to fall upon them. And mm-hmm. they received that. And it was it was just the most phenomenal night. Um, and the team walked away with one of those, with that night being one of our favorite memories. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that was kind of one of the opening nights of your your ministry this yep. year. Yep. Ah, uh, that's so cool. Um what were what were the, the reactions of the parents in the, the parents, midst of that process? Oh, it was so sweet. It was so tender. Um, I mean, at first, the parents were like, this is a little bit more powerful than we were um, kind of anticipating. <laughs> but um, as soon as, you know, the Lord started to do things in the room through the presentation of the gospel and the calling upon of the Holy Spirit, these parents started to weep and cry because this is something they've been interceding for and praying for for their youth yeah. for years. All any parent wants is for the heart of their sons or daughters to be captured by Jesus and for them to live the life promised to them in like by living in the Holy Spirit in the Gospels. Um, and so it was just so so tender to see some like to see something come to life that they've been praying for. That's so beautiful. Uh, you, you mentioned that dynamic uh, as you were beginning the the story about how oftentimes kids hesitate to express their faith in front of their parents. Um, I think a lot of times the, uh, the opposite is also true. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, I, it's, it's so peculiar, but let's just acknowledge human behavior and, yeah. and get over it. Right. <laughs> that for whatever reason, you know, the, the people that we spend the most time with, oftentimes there's, there's a spiritual barrier that exists um, that, that kind of, it's just a habit. It's a bad habit. Yeah. And it influences our ability to actually be a spiritual leader. Right. Yep. You know, Dan Demite and myself will joke frequently that it's, uh, you know, take me to a conference at a parish and put me in the front of a prayer line and I will, I will passionately and, uh, boldly pray for strangers for hours. Right. Right. Bring me into my home and, all of a sudden I start getting cold feet. Wow. And it's just like the silliest thing, you know, uh, it, I'm sure there's some scriptural stuff for that. You know, the uh, prophets not accepted in his own hometown. Right. But even, I think we just have to, we have to get over the, the, um, idea that for, for whatever reason, my message is, is not going to be accepted in my home. Right. Right. Or that my heart's not going to be loved and and received in my home. Mm -hmm. And just go for it. Yep. You know, whether that's at mass, whether that's in a time of family prayer, right? Uh, to create systems and structure where where you can to create systems and structure where you can have freedom, right? 
Right. Or just simply releasing permission to one another in the home as a family. Yeah. From the parents to the youth. Like, you have permission to pray, to worship, to have an intimate life with God in this home. Yeah. And then the, this, I mean, I guess if, if we're just going to be raw and vulnerable, like the youth releasing that permission back to the parents, like mom and dad, you have permission yeah. to run harder than I do to, to lead this family, to worship, to be undignified before the Lord. Amen. That's a, that's a, that's a challenge for us, friends. Um, so Lord, we pray that you would give us the grace to be able to respond to that. And, um, Jesus, even, even today, that you would give parents opportunities to have a have a moment to actually give your child permission to be free yeah. in prayer uh, and to seek that for yourself. God, give us the grace to to have those conversations and to have those moments. Christopher, you released a word uh, over me. But this was in the I think this was in the winter um, here at Damascus that that my own children would. Uh, that basically opening to f- an opening to freedom in the Holy Spirit would be received by them by my own expression of prayer. Yep. And uh and every time I every time I pray with them now that wow. that word is on my mind. Wow. That that I need, you know, I I as a parent, I as a father will be the lid to the freedom of prayer in my family if I'm if I'm not careful. Right. Yeah. So that means I need to I need to be even more deliberate that uh, that I I be visible and open and um, inviting. Yeah. In my experiences of prayer, whether those be at mass, whether those be in a time of family adoration, mm-hmm. um, or whether those be in your time of personal prayer. Wow. Yeah, that's sweet. Okay. Uh, what happened after What happened after Michigan? <laughs> Oh man. Okay, let me gather my thoughts. Um what happened after Michigan? We went to Minnesota for a week. Um right after that in November, the be- the first week in November. And then after that, we were in Indiana. And that was really beautiful too. Um I guess just the testimony from kind of a general testimony is that throughout the different states that we've and this is kind of piggybacking on the last story. Mm-hmm. Throughout the states that we've gone to we just had a beautiful opportunity to see like domestic church really thrive and like start to grow more that like, yeah. so we, we, the, the, the ways of gathering that we leaned on before mm-hmm. this year aren't really going to work that well. And so we have to take initiative. So, um, I mean, it's just the general testimony. I've just seen the beauty of the bride in homes. That's amazing. And in backyards. <laughs> so sort of our, our initial plan when you guys set out in the fall was that the, the majority of your work was going to be running gatherings of youth ministers yep. and yeah. gatherings at parishes. And that's not how it turned out. Right. That, those happened a couple times. Yes. Yeah. And, and they were fruitful. But that's awesome to see the, to see the bride of Christ come alive in the home. Get, just, why don't you share some testimony um, of, of sort of the ways that you, that you saw that powerfully? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the story you just shared, <laughs> that, that may be less a home and more a <laughs> <laughs> concert, a concert worship event. It was extravagant. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, yeah, so... Oh man, I'm trying to think. I don't know, Aaron. I don't really know what to say. Um, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. Um, but um, 
we, we would simply just go into people's homes and ask, what does your parish need right now? What does your family need right now? And do that. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really simple. Um, I even, I even wanted to, I guess, tag on to what you said earlier in this podcast. You said something along the lines of like, if you feel something burning in your heart, yeah. if you feel a mission, if you feel a burden from the Lord to go out and be on mission. Um, I almost, I wanted to interject then, but I'll, I'll say it now. Um, as a 20 something who is very zealous and passionate and like dreams a lot. That is true. Is I right. Can, I can affirm that. <laughs> Aaron can affirm. He's been a part of my discernment process and a lot of things. Um, something so valuable that I think we forget about so much is that a lot of times that starts by going, seeking someone, doing something and serving their vision. Yeah. Asking like, what can I do for you? It's so tempting, uh, especially as someone who wants to, you know, go and start so much good thing, so many good things um, to forget that there's, there's a process of like, sometimes you will bring your vision of mission and we're just live a life on mission out by first serving someone else's vision. Um, and so that's what we did. We literally went into people's homes and, um, and did that in, in Minnesota particular. So we were there for a week, but then we were there for a whole month in February. Um, very cold, probably the worst month to be in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> Unless you like, like very being cold. Right. And, and so I'll just, I'll go back on track. I kind of lost track of any testimonies for a second there because I blanked. But um, me personally, I got the honor and privilege of being able to stay in some rectories this year um, and to be um, living life with, with parish priests. Um, and that in itself was so beautiful that I got to, along with my other two brothers, bring life back into the parish. 2020 and 2021 was very hard for our clergy yep. and for the leadership in the church. And um, to have our eyes open to that and to see that the toll it's really taken on them um, was so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot. Um, but then to just simply be with them and inspire them again, to remind them of what they signed up for when they gave their life to Jesus and they, they laid their nose to the marble and got ordained a priest. Like even that in itself was a ministry, and that's something close to my heart to minister to our priests. Mm-hmm. That means a lot to me, um, because I honestly see it as you can go one of two ways. You can um, see maybe the shortcomings of priests in the past, or like leadership or choices or things like that, or we can minister to them because the reality is, is they're human. Yeah, they're human. Yep, and um. Yeah, I love I love ministering to I, our leadership. I feel well. like a lot of times in evangelization, uh, we have this perspective that it's there's it's sort of like there's two camps. One camp would say that it has to happen, like that evangelization, discipleship has to happen one on one in close quarters, and another group would say that you know in order to do my job well, that I have to be engaged in whatever parish program, or I have to come and respond to a a call as a full time missionary here yeah. at you know at Damascus or 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 something, I have to do something. And uh, the reality is it's both. Mm-hmm. It's, it's both. I've, I've, I've got to live it, you know, I've got to live it at home authentically in a way that, in a way that mirrors my response corporately. Uh, we, we talk a lot about family here at Damascus. And um, I, I had the privilege just last week of sharing sort of a summary message of what is our understanding of, of, spiritual family what's our understanding of fatherhood and motherhood in light of our our program of formation here at damascus and um i I think that that word is kind of 
brandied about a lot as as sort of a a catch-all generic cool phrase um but it's it's absolutely the reality right that if if i can't i don't know if if i'm not being formed as uh if I'm not willing to be formed as a son, I'm never going to be able to lead. Yep. And, and you learn that in the home, right? You yeah. learn that in the home. I, I, I just, as I'm, as I'm, as I'm speaking that I'm, I'm, I'm so, one of the things I'm so thankful for recently has been just been the opportunity that I've had to be able to see and observe the ways that my kids are growing in the formation of their own character yeah. and to be able to speak into that mm-hmm. and to say like, Hey, that, that joke that you made, it wasn't funny and you can make funny jokes. Like your, yeah. your, your humor can be, can be appropriate and upbuilding and encouraging. So let's try that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm probably going to have to make that correction a thousand or 2000 more times, but eventually Digger's going to walk out of this and he's going to, he's going to have ownership over his, yeah. over his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a champion in the kingdom for being yeah. able to communicate effectively and win people's hearts. Right. And, uh, Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. Um, most recently you were in Georgia. Tell, yes. me, tell me about the Georgia experience. Oh, Dan, Dan Georgia. came home from Georgia and <laughs> yeah. he was on fire. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. <laughs> uh, it was amazing, first of all, because it was super, super beautiful outside. Um, and it wasn't Minnesota. And it wasn't. Oh, uh, come on. No, it wasn't we cold. Love you, it wasn't cold. We, we do we love Minnesota. I'm, I'm going to Minnesota next week. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, once again, just to stay in people's homes, see what's going on in the body of Christ in Georgia. Um, we, we did a lot of, of youth group nights there. But in particular, what I think was Dan, was, Dan was talking about was the conference. Um, that that was really first of all like 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 you were saying just this concept of family and ministering as family um you aaron and dan have been fathers to to the missionaries and i in Hmm. lots of various different ways so just it was a really special opportunity just to um minister with dan like it was it was um to, to to help run this conference with dan me and the team and dan um and what we saw there was really really hungry youth if you're listening and you're from georgia you guys you're ripe for revival. <laughs> yeah. Um, the high schoolers there, you Come guys, Lord Jesus. Um, you just wanted, wanted it all. And, and you were willing to, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge conference because different people for different reasons couldn't come. But those of you that were there, um, what I saw was, um, people that were hungry, it, even the programming got messed up immediately at the very beginning. Like, um, Dan's talk, I gave a testimony and the plan quote unquote plan was to do like a song. And what, I mean, I feel like when people like hear that or say that we're, we're thinking, you know, four minutes and 30 seconds, like a traditional, like length of a radio song, four minutes, not even no. And that just didn't happen. That just didn't work out. So <laughs> we, we, it was, it was, there was an, kind of an awkward moment where like the band kind of looked at me and looked at Dan and looked at the MCs and we're all like looking at each other and shifting. So eyes. you guys weren't running the music. No. Okay. No. And, and we didn't know what to do. Like <laughs> we, everyone was waiting for someone to make a call, but we, it was so powerful. What that meant was like, they just wanted to worship. We just went into, yeah. I mean, about 30, 35 minutes of worship. We were supposed to have small group, but then everyone just kind of parted ways and the different parishes went to their hotels and things like that. But I think it speaks to something. Um, we're just collectively recognizing in a micro way as the national team, as Damascus, but then a larger sense as the body of Christ, as the Catholic church in America that sometimes our programming doesn't work. 
mm-hmm. that it's Jesus. Like when Jesus comes in, he can have his way that he's Lord Amen. of our programs. Yep. He's Lord of our hearts and he's Lord of everything. Um, and so that weekend, I think the reason Dan came back <laughs> was um, reinvigorated and zealous and all the good things was because it was a weekend of really pure ministry and surrender to the Lord. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, how many, how many young people were there at this event? 90. 90. We had 90. That's, that's, that's pretty, I don't, I pretty can't sweet remember for how a COVID many parishes. year. Yeah. Typically they would have about 200 DYC, Diocesan Youth Conference. Typically they'd have about 200 or 300. Mm-hmm. This year was smaller. Yeah. Man, that's, uh, that's awesome. Praise God. Yep. And the one, so some of the team, um, some of the worship team, uh, the part of the band wasn't Catholic and they, they just came and. Their eyes look like saucers. They're like, is, are you, what is this? <laughs> we, we, I mean, it was just, it was like, you guys look like us. You worship like us. Like you, I didn't know this. You can do this. You can be like this as a Catholic. And they, so they were just flabbergasted. And one of them, I was riding up the elevator in the hotel. They looked over at me and they were like, it's literally only been like three hours of this conference so far. And you guys completely flipped the script on what I thought Catholic people were and how they are and how they love God. And mm. I was like, yeah, <laughs> we should probably talk tomorrow. Let's yeah. get coffee. I feel like you need to unpack that's some stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great word of invitation to, to any of our listeners who, um, who, who may be intimidated by the prospect of, of sharing your faith, mm-hmm. that your witness is so valuable. Yeah. I, I hear that all the time here at Damascus. <laughs> you know, we, we, we just hosted a, an event called Create here yeah. on campus, which was, uh, it was a partnership between Damascus worship and... Uh, a group called Song Lab, yep, out of out of Georgia, actually, ironically, and uh, the I don't I don't know what our what our breakdown was. I'm guessing maybe half of the participants here were non-Catholic, yeah, and consistently from from day one, from you know, yeah, minute three, yeah. right? It was I I had no idea. Yep, right. I, that's exactly the word. <laughs> Those words exactly. I had no idea. And and all you've got to do is is share your heart. Right. All you've got to do is is share the fire of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Yeah. And uh, and it's like um, people recognize they recognize family. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's such a beautiful invitation for ecumenism that um, we like to think that it's really hard and that it boils down to discussing differences and it doesn't. Differences are resolved when you realize that you love family. Yep. Yep. And uh that's 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 beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Good. Um cool. Do you have any do you have any other testimonies that are burning on your heart before we take a before we take a break? Honestly, I think we should take a break because I really I feel like God wants to talk about risk okay. when we come back. Fantastic <laughs> friends. Well, there you hear it. We're we're gonna talk about risk when we come back. We're gonna have a short break. And uh once again, uh Aaron Richards here with Christopher Finneman. Um we are recording at Damascus in central Ohio. And uh, so blessed to have you with us today. Please join us again after this short break for Beyond Damascus. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish. And we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without... The sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 
wherever you are in the world, you can access the EWTN Global Catholic Network. It's everywhere. You can get EWTN's great Catholic programming on your car radio, at home on your TV, computer, or smart speaker. With EWTN's app, you can take EWTN everywhere on your phone or mobile device. If you want your news in print, turn to EWTN's paper of record, the National Catholic Register, EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, if you're just joining, this is the start of our third segment today, our final segment. And uh, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. And if you're just tuning in, check out the podcast um, to, to catch the duration of the show. This has been an awesome show. We've, <laughs> we've been really focusing on the mission of our national team this year, a lot of the fruit that's come and in the midst of it, I, I think that God's really pulled out a number of little nuggets for us yeah. um, in regard to understanding uh, his plan for family, um, understanding an invitation to witness to your children, to witness to your parents, kids. And, uh, and then most recently, just um, this, this call on our heart that we need to witness to one another, right? Witness with your life that you're the, the witness of your life, the witness of your love for Jesus. It's, it's so much more important than, um, a list of facts that, that can convince somebody as to the accuracy or intelligence of the choices you've made in your life. Yeah. Right. And I, I think, I think deep down we know that, uh, but it's, it's intimidating, Right. It's intimidating to bear your heart and to be vulnerable in relationship, but gosh, that's that's the message of the gospel in a nutshell. Yeah, it was it was you know that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, right? That that we would be brought into relationship, not that we would be um, educated in the finer elements of philosophy. Those things are good, and they stand in support of a heart that's been, that's been sold out in relationship with, with love himself. Amen. Amen. That's so good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we've, so we've got about 10 minutes left in the show and I was, I was thinking it'd be cool to, um, really have maybe an extended time of, of just, uh, reflecting on, um, what it is that the Lord's been speaking to you this year, Christopher, yourself and on the team, and maybe what your heart is for the audience that, that's listening to the show today. Um, and then I thought maybe we could pray for yes. for them, for all of our audience today. Yes, absolutely. That'd be so good. Um, at the beginning of this, this podcast, Aaron, you were saying um, that Damascus has taken a risk with the national team. Yeah. And just, yeah. In, in the nature of it, of just sending us out. And this year, honestly, a lot of my reflection has been on risk, on hmm. Peter getting out of the boat, walking towards Jesus, on... Well, um, so I'm, I'm in the club that's kind of obsessed with The Chosen, and I'm sure you're listening to this, and you're like, oh, another one. But, like, I love The Chosen <laughs> so much. It just, it really just blesses my reflection time with Jesus. Um, but the fact... I'll get into that in a second, but let's talk about risk risk is such a holy thing because it makes what you're potentially going to do like an acceptable offering to Hmm. God. It says in the old Testament that, um, David was not willing to offer worship to God. If it wasn't costly, if it didn't cost him something. Wow. Like risk 
actually has to be a part of it. Um, and it's, it's, it's ironic that, you know, I guess a virtue that sprung up recently in our culture is safety. That's wild. You know, and we can have different thoughts and unpack that for hours, but just the reality is, is it was never safe to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. The moment that he ascended and they spread across the globe, there was, safety wasn't involved. His presence was, that's a promise. And he is safe. But what he calls us to probably isn't. So <laughs> I've just been reflecting on, 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 on risk, on, on Peter getting out of the boat. And, and that, that obviously ministerially, I guess if that's a word you can use, um, was what we were doing. We got in a van and we, we didn't really have, I mean, we went about prudently and, and mm. organized things to the degree that we could. But when we're going out there, it's just something new. We've never done it before. Yeah. And that's why it made all, all of our hearts come alive. The five of us in the van in different ways. I got to watch that impact the journey mm. that each person was, was on in the van. Cause it was, it was fine. We're doing something dangerous. Like it actually is good for the Christian heart to do something a little bit unsmart every day. Honestly, it keeps your, your Christian heart alive. It keeps your spirit healthy in your relationship with Jesus. Um, I forget who it is. I think it was a wife's, a uh, president's wife. Um, maybe Theodore Roosevelt's wife. I don't know. Somebody, the quote is, it does, it does you good to do something dangerous or something that you're scared of every single day. Um, and so we're out there and we're taking risk and, um, I just, I don't know, maybe it's something, I think it's something that I get to unpack for my generation, but I just feel like there's this thing boiling in my generation where we're, we're actually looking for the Jesus that's calling us to do yeah. unsafe things again. Recently, I've kind of coined this term, uh, for Jesus in my prayer time. It's that he's still job killer Jesus. Like he's still the one that will walk into your life and say, I'm actually calling you to leave everything for me. <laughs> dang it. Dang it. Not again. <laughs> dang it. Not again, Lord. But he's still the Lord. He's still the God that, huh. you know, when he walks into the room, maybe he'll walk into your job, to your cubicle, to, to, your, to your security zone. And by how he looks at you, how he speaks to you, by his countenance, it speaks something to your gut that says, this is exactly what you've been waiting your whole entire life for. Mm. And if you miss this, you've missed what you've missed your destiny, man. Like you've missed like what you live for. And, um, I don't know. I just, I'm hoping that this is this, it's, it can sound kind of like gibberish, but like, if you're listening to this, I want this to really impact your heart and to bless you. Like Jesus is still the man worth leaving everything for and leaving your job for and leaving your security Amen. and smart plans for Amen. your five year plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so many times we, we, we operate from this presumption that I need to be ready before I go. Right. That I need to be, you know, I need to be educated before I begin my career. Right. I need to know, I need to know what I'm going to say before I get up and, and speak. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, and I think that is, you know, it's certainly a, it's a cultural safety mechanism. Um, but I, I was, I was reflecting just this past week on even the call of Peter and Paul, right? Yeah. That Jesus, Jesus shifts us out of our area of comfort Oftentimes, I think just to prove that he's got things under control. Exactly. Right? Look at, look at, uh, so Peter was in the New Testament. He was the, the minister to the, the apostle to the Jews, 
right? Yeah. And Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Yeah. That's how we, that's how we know them in the acts of the apostles. Uh, Peter was a not good Jew, right? No, he was not good at it. <laughs> so, so, and uh, as a counterpoint, Paul was a professional Jew. I mean, Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul was, was excellent. He was, exactly. he was one of the, I mean, he was one of the, the Pharisaical Jews. That, yeah. that means he was, he was excellent at his religion yeah. um, to the point where I'm, I'm not joking and saying he was like, this is what he did for his job. That was his career. And God called the career Jew to no longer talk to the Jews, to go and talk to the people that he was least equipped wow. to speak to, uh, at least on a natural level. And then called Peter in, you know, the guy who had no, um, you know, no resume uh, in, in the Jewish faith, the guy mm-hmm. that got off of a nasty fishing boat yep. and walked into the synagogue. Um, he called he called Peter to be the apostle to those who would follow. And it's just so fitting, you know, uh, discomfort is not a disqualifying event. Exactly. For, for the communication of the gospel. Yep. In fact, oftentimes I think it maybe, maybe that could be seen as, um, as an indication that God's hand is on this thing. Right. Right. That's what I've been thinking about recently is that we, we sometimes in Christian culture have gotten to the place where we so, and you know, there is no anxiety in the Lord. Yep. There is no anxiety, Lord, but we have so demonized fear that at any inkling of it, we're like, oh, this is not the Lord. Are you kidding me? Like you, you that, you're telling me that that Peter took one right foot and put it outside of the boat and said, "This makes so much sense. This feels right. I have so much comfort and peace about getting out of this boat and walking towards this glowing figure out on the water." Are you kidding? No. So I've I've almost shifted my discernment process and just like how I interact with like if there's a sliver of like like almost nervousness yeah. by what he's asking me or how he approaches me, it's probably the real Jesus and not me because like. You know, he's so, yeah, he's so otherworldly. It's, it's mm. so, it's, it's gotta be from him if it's, he's calling you out of the boat. You know, there's not gonna be peace and comfort. That's awesome. Let's, let, I, I just wanna, I wanna pray for our, yeah. uh, for our listeners today. That's good. Friends, if you're in a place to, to receive, well, you're always in a place to receive prayer. <laughs> don't, don't crash your car. How about that? That's yes. the only disclaimer I'll offer here. Yes. Um, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you today for this message that you've spoken. Um, God, thank you for witnessing to the fruit of a life poured out. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with the end in mind right now. And Jesus, uh, uh, we wanna we wanna reach up into heaven right now, and we wanna pray for a supernatural outpouring of the gift of faith on the lives of the individuals who are listening to today's show. Jesus, teach us again to understand what it means to take a risk when we hear your voice. Teach us what it means to have a faith that's not shaken by fear or anxiety. And God, I pray right now that, that you would even um, you even work in our hearts. I feel like, uh, as, I, as I mentioned that word, anxiety, that there may even be a, a tightness of the chest that, that some somebody feels uh, in listening to today's show as, uh, you know, when there's an invitation, when there's a challenge that my immediate physiological reaction is, is tightness that my, that my breath begins to increase, that I begin to feel the stress. And I just say in the name of Jesus, peace be still in the name of Jesus. We pray for uh, just 
an abundant outpouring of the supernatural gift of faith, God. Thank you for calling us to be your evangelists. Thank you for calling us to be on mission. Lord, I just pray for any, anyone listening, God, that if, if you've been calling them out of the boat in yeah. a new way this season, whether to stay in what they are doing and to do it differently or whether to do something altogether different, Lord, to leave something behind to follow you. Mm. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would gift them and bless them yeah, Lord, with courage, with wisdom, but with particularly the grace, whatever grace was in Peter's heart when he got out of the boat, to leave what's logical and to leave what makes sense, to leave what is smart, for this man that is absolutely captivating, that whatever grace that is, Holy Spirit, that you would yeah. have that grace rest on their hearts. Um, yeah, Lord, in particular, anyone who's felt the call from you to enter directly and explicitly into ministry mm. that maybe hasn't been in ministry, um, Holy Spirit, that you would bless them to leave what they know for, for the man that's like no other man. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And God, I pray especially for an outpouring of courage on us, um, particularly within our families. We spoke earlier in the show uh, about the the importance of a witness of parents to children and of children to their parents. So, Jesus, I pray that you would give us, again, opportunity today to witness parents to your children, children to your parents, as to the, uh, the impact that a life in the Holy Spirit, a life in Jesus has had on you and the, the grace, the life, the joy that he brings. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus. Once again, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. So uh, it, it is impossible to live a relationship with Jesus outside of mission. It's impossible to live a life on mission um, without, without Jesus at its heart. So Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. If you, uh, if you ever want to catch Christopher here, just come visit us in Centerburg or wherever <laughs> he is. And you could also, uh, you could also catch some of our previous shows where Chris has been a guest. Um, you're such a blessing to this ministry and, sure. uh, and to the show today. Thank you. Um, friends, we are blessed also in our partnership with St. Gabriel radio and EWTN radio. Um, they've uh, allowed us to carry this show across the entire global EWTN Catholic radio network. Um, and also, of course, you can download this show wherever podcasts are found. So if you enjoyed today's show, give it another listen or send it to a friend that could be blessed um, by the testimony and by the stories that have been shared. God bless you and have a great day.